much of what you hear about science communication is aimed at adults or older children who have already had years of taking classes in science. But what about younger kids or even science communication for whole families? So scientists are so much like kids and it <laughs> makes me crazy when kids say like, I don't really like science and I'm thinking, I didn't like science either, either as a kid. It's, it's all in how, it's like vegetables. It's all in how it's prepared or presented to mm -hmm. you. On this episode of the American Scientist podcast, an interview with Mindy Thomas, co-host of the Wow in the World podcast, and Meredith Halpern Ranser, chief executive of Tinkercast, which produces the show. I'm Stacey Lukoski. It's the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. And like many parents, my children are at home and I too am working from home. Our family was already listening to Wow in the World, a kid-friendly science podcast. Last month, March 2020, the same team started a daily game show, To What's in a Wow, which the distributors of the show, National Public Radio, say was created as a rapid response to worldwide school closures, affecting almost a billion children due to the coronavirus. Thank you for joining us on our brand new game show, To What's in a Wow. I spoke with Mindy Thomas, co-host of the show, and Meredith Halpern-Ranser, the chief executive of Tinkercast, which produces the show. Here's our interview. My kids are so excited that I get to talk to you. <laughs> That's so nice. <laughs> Hi. Could you tell me a little bit about how the podcast came about, how you found each other? Mindy? Yeah, so Guy and I actually met through Twitter. Guy Ross the co-host of the show. He was listening. This was probably six years ago. He had been listening to my other show. I have a morning show for kids and family mm -hmm. on Sirius XM's Kids Place Live. It's called The Absolutely Mindy Show. And he had been listening in the car on the way to school with his kids. And then he tweeted, and I will remember the tweet forever now. <laughs> um, Absolutely Mindy is the morning edition of kids radio. And I was so thrilled to get that tweet. I was a huge fan of Guy and the TED Radio Hour. Mm -hmm. After that, I sent him a message. I was like, mutual admiration society. You know, <laughs> and I think I had invited him to one of our live events for Kids Place Live. And then we started talking and he asked me if I'd ever considered doing a kids news segment on my show because he's a journalist. And I said, yeah, are you, are you volunteering? And he's, said I would love to do it. So we started a kids news segment called the Breakfast Blast Newscast and it aired every Friday. It was a short segment, maybe eight minutes long. And we quickly realized that when it came to news, the news that was full, first of all, it was just a reminder that how complicated the world is and how bleak the news can be for kids mm -hmm. yeah. and there's a fine balance between what you you know wanting kids to feel informed and wanting kids to feel agency in their world but also not to totally bum them out with stuff that they don't have the response they, they shouldn't have the responsibility of worrying about yet mm -hmm. so we quickly realized that some of the most amazing stories of hope and progress were in science. So it sort of morphed into more of a science segment than anything. And it got great response from our listeners. You know, it, Guy was the journalist, I was the radio show host, and he would bring me the news. And then I acted as a proxy for the kids asking questions that the kids would want to know. And, 
you know, making it silly. We added some sound effects. We produced this thing. Mm -hmm. Guy, I think was the first to realize like, we're onto something here. We should, let's make this bigger. Let's make it this, this own thing. Let's do a podcast. And I was really reluctant to do that because I had this great full-time job at Sirius XM, but after enough nudging, he got me to take this leap of faith. We started our company, Tinkercast, and Wow in the World was our first show from Tinkercast, and we brought Meredith on to help us launch it and quickly made her our CEO, and that was sort of how it all began. So the Breakfast Blast newscast was, uh, was like our baby version of what Wow in the World has become, and in a lot of ways, I would say Wow in the World, when we started, wasn't even what it is now. So much of it has grown into what it is very organically. I don't even think that we meant for it to be the narrative that it is or to create this mm-hmm. world around us as characters. And, you know, these other characters on the show, we did not ever plan them out. They just showed up in the <laughs> yeah. writing. So yeah, the whole thing has happened very organically and we're so proud of it. And we love making it. It's been so fun. I feel like I'm learning something new every day along with our listeners. Meredith, I listened to your interview on Kid Tech, and you mentioned that you were initially a little bit reluctant to sign on as CEO, but after you heard the first episode, you became really enthusiastic and you jumped right in. So I was wondering, what was it about that first episode that that made you want to make that commitment? Well, I, you know, my background is in children's television, so for Mm -hmm. 20 years and working in a network and yet I was coming home to a child that my son who wasn't really watching a lot of TV and nor did I really want him to be watching a lot of TV. So I loved the idea of audio. I grew up listening to like records and, you know, like mm-hmm. audio stories. And about the time that Guy and Mindy were planning, starting to plan things, I had gotten really into podcasts myself, like as a grown up listener. But I just wasn't sure. I was reluctant. Like, were kids really going to choose to listen to audio as opposed to watching something on a screen? I just wasn't sure that that, because my whole training, everything I knew was about how to make engaging content on the screen for kids. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so when I heard it, the first episode, I listened with my son and we just were sitting on the couch and like kind of looking at each other with like this face of, wow, I didn't know that. But like, so I saw the images coming to life in his brain and they were coming to life in my brain. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And it was um, also a leap of faith as Mindy said. (laughs) And I like that families, you know, we try to make this show as engaging for adults as it is for kids. And I, and I know that everyone is going to learn something because it's all based on new scientific research. Mm -hmm. So I love the, the idea that parents and kids listen together and that after they listen to an episode, they have things to talk about. And if you don't have things to talk about, we have conversation starters that you can click on and bring them up in your Mm -hmm. car, wherever you are. So I love, you know, creating any kind of content that brings parents and kids together on the same playing field. How do you hit that space that appeals to all ages? That seems like such a narrow line to hit. Well, I feel like, you know, like I said, the science itself is all new. So we Mm -hmm. try to teach sometimes, and I use the word teach 
pretty broadly, but Mm -hmm. we try to, I guess, show broader scientific concepts through new research and new Mm -hmm. discovery. So like I said, the parents will be learning something new because we're, we're, we we search deeply for some of these stories. They're not always science stories that everybody hears about. So everyone's going to learn something. I feel like the jokes are a lot of times told on two levels where parents might laugh at the joke. Kids might laugh at the situation. Mm -hmm. So the jokes are on both levels. And I feel like a little bit of silliness is just sort of universal. (laughs) (laughs) How are you finding your stories? We get a lot of press releases and things like that. Is that the route you're going or? Yeah, we get press release we, we, everywhere is the mm-hmm. answer. I mean, I am searching everything from the New York Times science section to, you know, I get Eureka alerts, mm-hmm. Science News Daily, Pop Science, like any, I look, I, we're constantly scouring every science news site we can find looking mm-hmm. for interesting things to, to write about. If we can make a narrative around a story, we know that we can make this relate to a kid's world somehow. Mm-hmm. And I I think kids would be more interested in science if they realized that scientists are not afraid to ask ridiculous questions. They're mm-hmm. not afraid of being wrong because a lot of times when you're doing a scientific experiment, things don't turn out the way you're supposed to. They're, you think they are. I mean, that's the whole premise of a hypothesis. Like mm-hmm. this, what, what you think was going to happen. Is that going to happen? And a lot of times it doesn't, or you, you discover something new that way. And that's the other thing. So scientists are so much like kids and it (laughs) makes me crazy when kids say like, I don't really like science. And I'm thinking, I didn't like science either, either as a kid, it's, it's all in how it's like vegetables. It's all in how it's prepared or presented to Mm -hmm. you. Kids can be very sensitive about being talked down to. And mm-hmm. I never get the sense from your show that you're talking down to them. How do you, at what level do you decide to explain things and how do you kind of get it in there without, without that condescension? I think when we write this show, we're not thinking like, how are we, go- how are we talking to kids? I feel like some of these things are so complicated to begin with that I feel like we're, we're breaking them down for anybody. Mm-hmm. We're breaking them down for ourselves in a lot of cases. There's a lot of times I'll read one of these studies and I have a ton of questions after and I have to contact the scientist who wrote it. And I ask, you know, like... That was one of my questions. Was yeah. whether you consulted You could respond in the most basic term, like talk to me like I'm a six-year-old. And, and I think there's no shame in that. These journals are written like a foreign language sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and even a lot of science articles that we find, they feel like they're being written for other scientists or other science communicators. And Mm -hmm. and I think for just regular people, they have to be broken down quite a bit for us all to understand and relate. Also, I mean, we're both parents. I've been talking to kids live on the radio every day for 19 years. So I don't think it's something that we really think about like how do we not talk down mm-hmm. to kids we just that's just what we do I feel like I could I mean other than how silly it is I feel like I could almost make the same I'd break it down the same way if I was making a show for for adults I read that you and Guy Raz take turns writing the episodes but they seem to have a very consistent feel to them what's that process like yeah so it's Guy and I and we have a third writer Thomas Van Kalken and 
I don't know. I feel like we've just, we spent a lot of time in each other's heads. And uh, I spent a lot of time with Guy in my ears. I don't know how. I think other than just, I'm the head writer of the show. So I'll Mm -hmm. go through everybody's scripts and, you know, change words here and there or rephrase things thinking like that. Well, we wouldn't, he wouldn't really say this, or I wouldn't really say this, but you know, I would rephrase it in a different way. I don't know. I feel like it just has a, a, a style or an aesthetic that we all like it's, it's ingrained in, in all of us at this mm-hmm. point. And I read also that it took a little bit of trial and error to get the right voice because at first it came across as a little like guy explaining science, yeah. like even like a little mansplaining. So how, how did you find that? That was not a hard thing to find. I mean, I am a firm believer that I think when it comes to girls, there's a lot of people that will tell you or, or uh, send you signals that this is the right kind of girl to be. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, girls are strong and fierce and smart and they are, but they can also be silly or whatever. So I, and I feel like myself as a woman, I am silly and I'm smart and I'm proud of that. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't take things too seriously. And I don't think I have to take things too seriously to be treated seriously. So um, when we started the show, the dynamic at first was a little bit more like how it was when Guy was doing this breakfast but last newscast on my other show where I was the host and he was coming on as the journalist. Mm-hmm. And you know, for some reason we thought that was going to translate to this as well. And it didn't because it was a whole new audience. So we realized quickly like, oh wait, this doesn't work out. You're not the journalist anymore. I'm not the host. Like we've got to balance this out. And I was so glad that we did. And I, you know, I, 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 so I, I love the Mindy character now. I feel like she is very smart. She's very curious and she's also really silly, but she also, you know, she's not afraid to, she kind of throws caution to the wind and will try anything and do anything. And I feel like Guy's character is a little bit more, he's a little bit more cautious, which, and I feel like there's room for both. I feel like, mm-hmm. like th- these two characters, there's a little bit of both in every person and there should be, and we have to balance those out in ourselves. So yeah, I I, we were both really happy to, you know, it was like hard feedback at first, like, wait, what? Cause it was hard not to take it personally at first. Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? Like guys, like I'm not a band splitter. And I was like, I'm not a ditz. And then we realized <laughs> these people don't know us. This is not about us. Oh, like we got it. We hit, we have to balance this out. So that was a pretty easy transition to make, just to make sure that the, whoever's the keeper of the knowledge in each episode is is balanced mm-hmm. and then or both of us both of us will ask questions both of us will know things mm-hmm. Meredith I read that you were thinking about different ways to expand I think the term you used was extensions mm-hmm. what kind of ideas do you have in mind well so we we have we have a bunch of extensions so our goal has been to try to get it out get this brand of wow and all of the great things that we're doing out into as many communities and locations as possible so um 
we have, you know, our live shows that we perform once a month in a different city. We have a book deal, a book coming out in 2021 um, with Houghton Mifflin Harcourt. Last year, we got a grant from National Science Foundation to um, make a in-school program using Wow in the World content. Mm -hmm. So we've been working on that. So yeah, we have a lot of different ways that we try to like get out beyond just, you know, the podcast platform. Could you tell me more about what that in-school project would look like? Yeah. So we built a prototype last year under this grant um, and tested it. And basically what our hope is with it is that, you know, our show is a show about science as well as curiosity and is a show that gives kids agency in their world and helps to bring news to them. We did a lot of research and and talking with a lot of teachers and really came to understand that the area that they feel the least comfortable teaching and have a least confidence teaching is science. Oh, wow. And so, um, you know, there's new new standards, next generation science standards that are being rolled out in many states. And so with these new standards, the intention is to get kids to do more hands-on science and to extend into STEM and STEAM more with science. And that's all well and good, but the teachers need to feel comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. So our hope um, with what we're building is that around our show, our show would be sort of like the engagement piece for, for kids um, and students. And around the show, we would bake in activities that really take them through the scientific practices of questions and hypotheses and predictions and observation, and then ultimately lead to hands-on experiments as well as you know creative innovation. Would it be like app-based? Yeah. It would be web-based, not app-based mm-hmm. actually. So web-based. So we have mm-hmm. already, we do have a number of teachers that are members in our membership program. So we, we've donated over 2,000 memberships to Title I school teachers. And wow. so we have this membership site. On the membership site, we have all of our free podcasts as well as supplemental con- science content and um creative content that goes around that that episode so we have crafts and recipes and book lists and experiments and worksheets and things like that Um, so you can listen to an episode and then do this experiment in your class or you could you know read these books from this book list that's curated from a librarian if you go to Mm tinkercast.com you can sign up to become a member and then that's all um it's a it's a searchable database so you can search by craft you could search by experiment or you can search by topic you can search by scientific area like earth science and you know life science and that Um, so that we already have our hope with what we're hoping to build is to create more of a a web-based platform that teachers would be able to see where their kids are in Mm -hmm. terms of connecting to the science standards Mm -hmm. um, and have a little bit more assessment built in. Mm -hmm. Do you guys see yourself as part of like the science communication world? Yeah, 
Yeah, we do. Yeah. I think we, um, I think it just like the characters sort of became organic to our show. I think that became organic to the show. Mm -hmm. too. I mean, not really. Like we obviously, Mindy and Guy knew their intention was to make science news, um, bring science news to kids and create a really amazing, funny narrative around that. Um, but I, I didn't know, maybe you did, Mindy, um, like that science communication was such a big area. I didn't. I think. Yeah, and we started getting tagged um, on Twitter with hashtag, you know, SciCom. Mm -hmm. That opened our eyes to this whole world and we love it and would love to be more a part of that world. That's one of the other things that I, that I might take away from this is like, wait a minute, like being interested in science for a kid listening, there's lots of different ways to have your hand in science. You don't have to be a scientist necessarily. The, the mm -hmm. Communicating science is also something that the world needs more of. Thank you guys both so much. Awesome, thank you. Nice to talk to you. Thanks for listening with your family and for talking with us for this. That was Mindy Thomas, co-host of the Wow in the World podcast and Meredith Halpern-Ranzer, chief executive of Tinkercast, which produces the show. For links and more about science communication, visit our website, American Scientist, and search for the keywords science communication. Yes, those are the words, science communication. It's that important to us. You've been listening to a podcast from American Scientist Magazine, published by Sigma Psi, the Scientific Research Honor Society. This podcast was produced by Robert Frederick. I'm Stacey Litkowski. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.